If a movie is woke, and you're anti-woke, but the movie is pretty good, do you turn it off? Today, on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So I watched Don't Look Up, the movie, uh, last night. Figured I'd do a review of it. It's related to woke stuff and anti-woke stuff. But first off, there's going to be spoilers, so... Whatever, I'll talk for a little bit without spoilers, but, you know, get ready to stop if you care. So, the first thing to say is that I finished it. I watched the whole thing. I think I fast-forwarded about 20 or 30 seconds at one point, but I didn't need to do any of that. And I'm a weird movie watcher. Like, I don't like movies as much as a lot of people. Like, a lot of people will sit through a movie that ain't that good. Not me. In fact... Even good movies. If it doesn't grab me in the first, I mean, I you know, I give maybe a movie like five minutes, five to ten minutes, and if it if I'm not already liking it, then I turn it off. And same thing with TV shows. So you know, like all the latest TV shows and all the latest movies, I probably watch the first few minutes of them, and then maybe you know it's rare, like one in twenty or something. I actually watch one in fifty. It's probably more like one in fifty. Now, just because this is one of the super rare movies that I actually was able to watch, uh, doesn't mean you'll like it, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. And it's also, I mean, it's its woke, but, uh, you know, the wokeness didn't bother me. I guess, you know, the, the, the general recap is that an asteroid is going to hit the Earth, and then, like, the people, you know, the scientists who discover the asteroid have to go and convince everyone to whatever, you know, send nukes up and stop the asteroid or whatever. And it's a comedy. It's, you know, it's not like, it, it made me laugh. It made me laugh out loud, you know, like chuckles, not like, ha, you know, not crazy loud laughing that wouldn't stop. But uh, whatever, noises came from my mouth that sounded like laughter. And I, I think maybe, maybe about 15 times, which is pretty good. Like the funny things are not hilarious. But they're not stupid, which is nice, and and there's a good number of them. Alright, so here's the spoilers. Um, although, I'm not really going to, I'm not going to give no play-by-play of the movie. More of like a political analysis of it. But, so Adam McKay is the director and the writer, and he's pretty hot stuff. He did um, The Big Short and some other ones. Like He's one of the few guys who can make like an adult movie today. And he makes, they're like dramas with some comedy mixed in. Like they're not, well actually, I don't know. I think he did, I think he did Talladega Nights. He did, I think he did a bunch of stuff with, uh, what's that guy's name? I think it's Will Ferrell. So when he was earlier on in his career, he did like straight up comedies. Like Talladega Nights. I haven't watched that in years, but boy, I thought that was hilarious. Like there's a scene where they're doing uh, Christmas dinner. And so they got, you know, they hold hands and do a prayer and. Like, you know, somehow it had been brought up that you do a prayer to baby Jesus. And Will Ferrell was like, Dear six pounds, 11 ounce baby Jesus. That was a funny joke that I remember from it. And it's, and you know, and that movie was not being mean-spirited towards religious people. It was, but it was funny. It was good. And that's basically how this don't look up thing is. It's, uh, it's uh, kind of making fun of, Trump supporters, basically, making fun of people on the right. You know, people on the left are good, people on the right are bad, but it's not mean-spirited about it, at least mostly. And so basically the idea, I guess I'll just get it out of the way here. So the right, McKay, the writer, he 
he wrote it to be about climate change and how if you don't believe in climate change, you're stupid. And he wrote it in 2019, so it was before the pandemic hit. So like he wrote it, I don't know when he filmed it, maybe during the pandemic, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know everything about the um, production of it. But anyways, he wrote it about climate change before the pandemic hit, but when you watch the movie, it's just exactly about the pandemic, you know, and like, you know, if you don't believe in, yeah, whatever, you know, making fun of anti-vaxxers, you know, you get the idea. Everyone on the left is good. Everyone on the right is bad. And it just, it just fits the pandemic to a T. So it was interesting. That was the most interesting thing. So like, you know, I was, I was listening to Science Friday, NPR, and they were doing a scientific take on it. And they're like, okay, we're about to do spoilers. So I stopped listening to it. I went and watched the movie. And then I went back and I learned that it was about climate change and not the pandemic. And I didn't know that. And the people on Science Friday are like, yeah. Like, you know, you watch this whole thing. You think it's exactly about the pandemic. But apparently it was about climate change. But, you know, same idea. Left good, right bad. And it's got a cast of whatever. Super duper famous people. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio is the star of it. What I want to say about him is he's like, I don't think he's handsome. I mean, you know, I'm not good at judging men. I mean, if I was a woman, I would F Leonardo DiCaprio in two seconds. But that's just because he's like this world famous, super rich, you know, icon. Not because his face is actually that good looking. So I don't know. But anyways, in the movie, everyone's like, wow, you're so good looking. Basically, I just don't get it. And then another star is the girl from the Hunger Games movies. I can't remember her name offhand, but um, super, super famous actress. Anyways, she truly is like the hottest, hottest thing walking. And then in the movie, it's like, I mean, they give her kind of a funny haircut. And then whatever, people are not falling all over themselves about how hot she is. So it's kind of like whatever, you know, whatever. I guess you write the movie uh, maybe before you get the actors. Meryl Streep plays, she's not really like Trump. I mean, uh, she's like the Republican president who uh, is just a, whatever, only cares about herself and getting reelected and, you know, basically doesn't care about the people at all. But she's not like a, you know, like I say, it's not that mean-spirited. Could have been more mean-spirited, made her more like Trump. She wasn't exactly like Trump. It was more like a critique on how politicians are evil in general as opposed to Trump in particular, or some black guy, black actor who was like a super duper scientist, and I've seen him before, I don't know his name, he was good, I mean that was kind of interesting, like the movie's almost all white people, you can't have a movie with just white people, or at least that's frowned upon, so they had a black guy in there, and uh, I think they chose well, they chose a talented black actor, and he did a good job, and I don't know, there's no point in going through them all, because I can't remember their names, and I don't have the list of names in front of me but basically just tons of famous people and they all do a pretty good job so a couple of the bad things about it was like one of the one of the things that kind of keeps happening is right like you know they're like we're all gonna die in six months and people are like whatever not believing them oh you're that's a hoax whatever that's fake news so they go like on a morning show actually they talk to the president and the president is like 
basically not believing them. I mean, you know, eventually the president believes them, but the president's just not believing them, and it, it was grating on me. This is, this is one of the things I didn't like, and this is just kind of, it didn't go on for the whole movie, just for part of the movie, but, like, you know, they go talk to the president. You go talk to someone, and you're like, here is the proof that a comet is going to come and destroy everyone. It's like, even Donald Trump, Donald Trump, who is obsessed with himself, right? Like, if he finds out he is going to die himself in six months, his ears are going to perk up. And so like, they go to the president, and the president is like, almost doesn't care, you know, just cares about the midterms or something stupid. Then they go to this morning show, and the morning show people are like, oh, there's an asteroid that's going to hit it? You know, oh, is it, is it, is it going to hit this one house, this one particular house in New Jersey where my ex-wife lives? Anyways, they're making light of it. That part was good. That was a good joke. But it's just like... Whatever. That was when I fast-forwarded. I only fast-forwarded like a minute or something, but um, just the idea that when you tell people that they're all going to die in six six months, and they do kind of believe you, but they just, I mean, whatever. It was just grating on me to just have this idea that people don't stop and go, wait, what? I don't know. Just overplayed it. Like, people don't care. People don't... And I guess that was the climate change thing. Like, if it's the pandemic... You know, even if you're on the right and you're about to not want to get vaccinated, your ears are going to perk up. You're like, oh, my God, you mean I'm about to, there's about to be a, ma- a vaccine mandate? Or if you're on the left, you're like, oh, I'm, I need a vaccine. But either way, your ears are going to perk up. And I guess this is coming from the climate change thing where it's just like you tell someone and then they just they don't care. And they just keep going on and they're laughing and they're giggling and they're keeping it light. And so what I actually did is I fast forwarded two minutes because I was just getting annoyed at them not taking it seriously. It was just so ridiculous. And then, two minutes later, they were taking it seriously. So I went back one minute. So I only had to skip one minute total. But basically, just the idea that people don't take it seriously, that was like a joke. And boy, did they take that thing far. I mean, just many scenes in the movie. Just how far can you take the joke of people not taking the fact they're going to die in six months seriously? And another thing I should say is that it's like... It's almost two and a half hours long, and this one it didn't bother me. But that is that is something. This is just about movies in general. I absolutely hate how long movies are getting. Like when I see a movie's like you know ninety minutes long, I'm like sweet. You know, I just start the movie, and I see it's ninety minutes long. I mean, it might even be like oh, the first five minutes don't grab me. I might keep watching a little longer because it's it's only going to be a ninety minute trip if I if I can find some enjoyment in it. But this one was long and. Uh, Whatever. It kept going. It kept going. It didn't run out of steam, really. On the other hand, I mean, you need to be two and a half hours. I'm sure you, whatever the, I don't, you know, I don't know what part of it was the worst half hour, but if you took out the worst half hour, you would have had a nice, tight movie. (laughs) Nice and tight made me think of something else. Never mind. Uh, and I just remembered uh, Adam McKay, the director, he did Anchorman. That's a movie. I didn't like that one that much, but that's a movie that a lot of people love. And again, that was one of his early movies when he was doing straight comedies. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that time when I fast-forwarded. This is not really about this movie. This is about movies and TV shows in general and just how they drive me up the wall. Like, I don't like feeling uncomfortable. Like, when just people are being so stupid... You know, the characters being so stupid in a TV show or whatever. And it just, it makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't like it. Now, I think half my audience is a little too young for this, but uh, 
A good example of this is an old TV show called Three's Company. And it was about a man who lived with two women, and he had to pretend that he was gay because the landlord didn't want a straight man living with women. And so it was kind of like, I mean, that, you know, that part or just something else. Every episode was about some misunderstanding. And the misunderstanding would just go on and on and on. And it would, you know, until, you know, after the, at the end of the show, the misunderstanding would be resolved. But it's just, it was just ridiculous. Just having a misunderstanding and then everyone like, you know, just saying exactly things the wrong way, which keeps the impression going. I hate that. It makes me uncomfortable. That's not a very good explanation. But basically, things that make me uncomfortable are something that I hate in my TV shows. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever saw the Louis C.K. show, Louis. Uh, I hated that show. Like, you know, it's supposed to be hilarious, but just... There's a lot of comedies where they curb your enthusiasm. It's like... They're funny. Like, the jokes that happen, you know, every three minutes there's a joke that is truly hilarious. But, you know, in between, the three minutes in between each joke is just total uncomfortableness that I hate. I don't know. I was... Go watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. You'll get what I mean. Kind of like George Costanza from Seinfeld, although that part was actually fine. But if you made him a little worse, then, you know, George Costanza is based on the Curb Your Enthusiasm guy. So you just make George a little worse, and then it just makes me uncomfortable just watching someone go around being a whatever. Drives me up the wall. And, uh, you know, whatever. I like talking about myself. So another thing that I don't like is okay so here's what happened one time i told my buddy i don't like sad movies like my buddy he loves whatever movies that are not happy and so i once told him that i hate sad movies and he just whatever he would not let that go for years and years you fool why don't you you know this idiot he doesn't like sad movies but i realized it's not actually sad movies that i don't like it's depressing movies. So like, you know, a movie, if you have a movie and then like, you know, they die at the end and you're just, there's just tears, you know, hopefully if, if the movie is good enough, there's just tears streaming down your face because it's so sad. I actually love that kind of movie. I mean, it's a rare movie that can do that, but if it can do that, if a, if a movie can make me cry, I absolutely love it. But what I really hate is depressing movies like, uh, there's a lot of like gangster movies, like a movie that people love that I hate is um, Goodfellas. So the first half of Goodfellas is about like a, a young guy who makes friends with a mobster and he works his way up the, you know, chain of command in the mafia. And I love that first half. It's great. And then the second half of that movie is like they start selling cocaine, they start doing cocaine, and their lives just go to total crap, and you know, and then their marriage falls apart, or whatever. It's just depressing, and I don't like watching that stuff. So some very good movies that people like, I hate, because they're depressing. And a lot of those movies um, involve drugs. Like, I think there used to be a rule for movies that said, if anyone does drugs, then by the end of it, they have to suffer consequences. I don't think we have rules like that anymore, but that's just that's pretty much how people are when they do movies. I mean, you know, I don't do a lot of drugs. I don't want to watch a lo- I don't want to watch a lot of drugs done in a movie. But the idea that any time dr- anyone any time that someone does drugs, you know, maybe except for weed and alcohol, uh, 
by the end of the movie, their life has to be destroyed. Whatever. Just don't either don't do drugs or ignore that rule. But anyways, that's just how all the movies are. And it infects a lot of the gangster movies. That's the other thing, you know. If you if there's a murderer, then by the end of the movie, he needs to, uh, you know, get, get killed or go to prison. And sometimes you can do that in a cool way. I mean, whatever. Kill him. Kill him. That's fine. Just kill them. But uh, whatever. Don't do something depressing where you watch their downward spiral. Whatever. Things that I remember are just coming to me. It's not coming to me in the order of whatever. But this movie, it could have been like PG. I think it's I think it's R. I'm not sure. It was kind of interesting how they made it R. Like basically, they had a PG movie. I think if it is R, and then they just threw in a few things here and there to make it R. Like I think you know the the old idea was you had an R-rated movie and you would cut things so that it was PG or PG-13. But this movie, like, it doesn't have the F word that much, but they, I think they throw it in just enough. I forget, there's a rule, like, how many, I think you can say the F word once or three times or something before you automatically get an R, and I think they just, you know, they go, they go just, just to that. And then there's also a scene where it's kind of like showing, you know, people think they're, you know, all across the world, people think they're going to die, so maybe they go, whatever, you know, what's the last thing you do if you think you're going to die? And so then just there's just like a split second clip. Like I paused it. I paused it. I rewound it and paused it because it's it is less than a second long. You know, probably less than a half a second long of just two people having sex and uh, whatever a smoking hot Asian chick topless. And you know, it was for purely for scientific research purposes that I went back and double checked. That was what I saw, but it was just kind of weird. Alright, and then uh, every once in a while I say what's going on in my life because I have a friend who listens to this and he likes to hear it. And right now, it is snowing. I think we got maybe seven, eight, eight, probably eight inches of snow. And where I live, that's a lot of snow. We don't, we don't get snow here. And I think they're calling for another eight inches, so I'm going to have a foot, foot and a half. And so I was trying to create myself some gaiters, you know, those things that like keep the snow out of your boots or whatever. And uh, so I made some gaiters out of some plastic bags. Basically, I just put some plastic bags over my feet and uh, boom, fell on my butt. It hurt. The reason why plastic bags cannot be substituted for these for store-bought gaiters is that plastic bag makes the bottom of your foot too uh, slick, too slippery. You got no traction. So I cut a bunch of slits in the bottom of these plastic bags, and we'll see how that goes. Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, and thanks for listening.